Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mum podcast, brought to you by Golding Accountancy, wearegolding.com. If you need an accountant, contact them. Hi. Um, my name's Amy. <laughs> this is the first time you're listening to this podcast. Um, I'm a single mum and I started the podcast because I wanted to put something positive out into the world about being a single parent. And it's kind of evolved into me just having a chat with people I really like, really, about all different kinds of things. I haven't been well recently, and I talked all about that with my mate, Scroobius Pip, um, on an episode recently. But the last couple of days, I've actually started to feel a bit more like I'm getting back to myself, which I'm really happy about, because it's horrible when you're ill, isn't it? And it's been like over a month now. So yeah, I'm I'm in a good mood because I'm start I'm starting to feel a bit more human. I hope you are good. I hope that you had a nice summer. I mean, it wasn't really summer, was it? But uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it was still nice. Um, so today I have got my very best and oldest <laughs> friend on. The reason that I wanted to talk to her was. I mean, obviously, you're going to hear all about it. This is a two-parter because she doesn't shut up. But, um, so she's basically battled a very bad drug addiction um, over the last... I'm thinking it's got to be about 10 years. Um, but she has pulled herself out of it and completely turned herself around, basically, without any help, really. Um, she didn't get on with... Um, NA or AA um, so she has pretty much and she's not had any help from the doctors or mental health teams or anything she's um I mean there's other there's other stuff that's uh, goes along with it but I'm just so unbelievably proud of how she has managed to pull herself out of a situation which I don't think many people would be able to without any help or support really um and I just wanted to share her story because, firstly, it's inspirational. I think it's really important for people to know that there is a way out of addiction. I mean, obviously, it's not easy and she's worked really hard at it, but she has done it. Um, and also, she suffered abuse as a child um, and how she's uh, dealt with that. She also believes she's got ADHD and is going through, um, well, trying to get diagnosed now, but that's fucking joke as well 
Um, but there's just a lot that she's got going on. And I thought it would be good for people to know about it because, well, talking about stuff is how you find out about things, isn't it? So, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. It's not, um, I mean, we talk about serious stuff, obviously, but it's not, you know, it's, I don't think I ever have any real hard to listen to conversations, even I mean, when I spoke to um, the amazing Jodie, who was a, a victim of domestic violence for years. It was horrific, her story, but it, you, the way we kind of talk about it, it's, it's kind of like a chat that isn't, obviously it's hard, it's not too, it's hard to listen to, I guess, but it doesn't make you feel uncomfortable, you know, it's not like a downer. Um, but yeah, I just, I wanted to share it because I'm so fucking up proud of her and what she's done. And I think she deserves to be heard as well and seen because I don't think she was much when she was younger. Um or in her relationships but yeah so this is why my mate is on here but I hope you enjoy it and obviously if you're affected by anything that you hear then um get in touch with me I can put you in touch with Nicole as well because she's happy to talk to people um I say that she doesn't like anyone but she, <laughs> she might too um but yeah I'll, I hope you enjoy this first half and I'll see you on the other side Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Work. Work. So. <laughs> I thought I'd actually do this looking at you. Don't look at me. Okay, I won't. I'm going to actually sit and look at this. Sit and look at that. 27 years ago, I was in Hollywoods in Romford and I'd just been rejected by someone I fancied. I don't remember that part. Oh, don't you? Oh, okay, we won't talk about that then. (laughs) (laughs) And I was with a group of my mates from college and one of their friends was there who I'd kind of met a few times. I think, did you cut my hair then already? You you jumped on it from when you met me. Oh, hairdresser. Yeah. Um, and Nicole 
was aware of what had happened with the boy and were like, was like, do you want to go and get some chips? Because <laughs> they sold they sold chips in Hollywood yeah, at that time. In the Hollywood's nightclub, was it? They had like a burger bar yeah. in there. Yeah, it's stank chips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, right then. So we went and we bonded over chips. And then the next day, I woke up and my mum was like, there's a Nicole at the door for you. And I was like, what? And Nicole had just split up with her boyfriend or had an argument with her boyfriend. And she said that she didn't know where to go. So she came to my house. And then, basically, she's never left. <laughs> and that was 27 good years ago. So, Well, no, you told me you had to go to work and you sat me down and said, watch that. And friends, and I sat there all day. Where was I friends. working? God knows. And then we come home, and you took me to McDonald's to buy a Big Mac no meat. Oh, did I really? <laughs> to treat and I you? It was really odd. <laughs> so I was vegetarian, and you're a vegetarian now. Mac, no meat. I am. Have you had a Big Mac no meat no. since you've been I've never vegetarian? Had a Big Mac in my life. You've never had a Big Mac? No. Oh just, my god! They're just too large. They're not that big. I guess with no meat, they might be all right. Yeah, when you actually get them out, they're not that big. Lila has a Big Mac now. Yeah, You've yeah. never had Big Mac sauce. Oh, my God, Nicole. Isn't that the sauce that you was obsessed with that you put ketchup and mayonnaise together? Kind of, yeah. yeah. That's why I used to get Big Mac no meat, just for the sauce. I think you put me on. Probably. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Nicole's been my best friend for 27 years. It's been a, it's been a I lifetime. watched you birth your first child. You did. Watching at the other end. Watching at the other end. And you had blood on you afterwards, which just alarmed me. Did I? Yeah. I don't remember that. On the top. I don't really remember. I just remember when he came out, he just was really little and screwed up. I remember <laughs> thinking, stop looking down there. <laughs> I don't remember what your fanny looks like. Oh, good. Well, you can't see it really, can you? No, it's just, <laughs> just a lot of blood and whatever. <laughs> and Josh is 19 now. 19 and a half. 19 and a half. January. Oh, my God. That's how old you are. Exactly. The reason why, other than talking about our 27-year friendship, I thought it'd be good for you to come on the podcast is, I'm, I'm not going to get upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, you've had a pretty hard and shit life yeah. compared to a lot of people. It's very difficult to kind of say that your problems are worse because most people have had a journey of some yes. sort yeah but you have to also recognize your own journey and then you can start to heal yourself from it so by saying yes i have had a difficult time from from, the, from a very young age it's able to give you some kind of compassion for yourself so when we first met you were working at tony and guy yep. in high street ken were you no, there from so the start? no i was in Covent garden Covent garden so all, I became friends with you because I was friends with your group of school friends at college, but you didn't yeah. come to college because you did the hairdressing. Yeah. So, and you, so you were working uptown. It was all really exciting. But then very soon after I met you, you moved out and got your own flat above a shopping graze. Yeah. But you were only, what, like 16, 17? I was 16 years old and I needed to get out. And an opportunity come up where I could rent the room above my friend's bloom shop. In, yes. Like, not even Grey's. And Grey's, if anyone knows Grey's, it's not nice. It's the back of Grey's. And I was there for one night because I went down to, downstairs to the kitchen and it was full of um, men. 
and it was disgusting by my standard. And then when I went up to bed, there was a pirate radio station like booming through from somewhere, and I was just quite scared, so I left. I went back the next day in my little fiesta, packed it all back up, and said, I, I need to come home. <sighs> Um, but then moved out very soon after. So by 17, I was in my own three-bedroom house in the middle of Langdon. Yes. Which was just quite a strange setup as well. But it was just somewhere that I could go. Yeah. So that's what I did. So your your family situation was it was just you and your mum. Yeah. Until how old were you? So it was just me and my mum until I was... My, my first kind of memories when I was six. Yeah. Because that's when my father passed away. So that's when my memories start. Yeah. I don't really have any memories before that. But then as soon as he passed away, um, then she met somebody. And then we left our first home. That was my... My first home was a safe home. Yeah. It was um, in a high-rise flat, but I, I was safe. I felt safe there. But as soon as we moved into the new house that she got with her boyfriend, that's when everything changed. Okay. So what happened... So from what I remember, because obviously I was quite young, obviously I just lost my father, so my relationship with my mother just seemed to change overnight. She went from being kind and lovely to screaming at me, like literally screaming at me like a banshee woman, and I couldn't establish why. And then I was told, which now on reflection is probably due to the fact of the man she was seeing, I was told in this house that I wasn't allowed to have a presence in the house. So even my shoes or my coat wasn't allowed out in the house. I wasn't allowed to sit in the living room. I wasn't allowed to come in the kitchen and get food or drink without asking. Um, and if I did, there would be consequences. And if I made a fuss, I remember falling down the stairs one day and because of the fuss I made, she didn't want to console me because of the fuss that I was making. So, but then what happened from that point, so that was what I noticed between mine and her's relationship, and then we stopped having any kind of um, like touch or communication or being able to talk or... Um, I just don't remember anything being nice. If I, if I went and spoke to her, she'd be like, for fuck's sake, what do you want now? It was just very much that yeah. all the time. Um, but then the household become violent. And... Um, it's quite weird to talk about it because you, you have to go back there. The mm. household become violent, and I wouldn't be able, I couldn't actually say that I feel my mum was a beaten woman. She was a woman, and it shouldn't have been happening. But at the same time, she was fighting too. So what I was witnessing wasn't someone being beaten up. I was what I was witnessing at six to six years till thirteen, two violent people attacking each other, and yeah. it got worse and worse and worse over the years. So that to the point I used to watch to make sure he didn't kill her. And then I used to watch to make sure she didn't kill him. And I used to remove all the knives and the blades so that she wouldn't do that because her temper was out of control. So that went on for a very long time, but then there was also, with it was surrounding this man. So their, their relationship was toxic. Yeah. Like toxic upon toxic. And there was times that I was dragged to the pub in my nighty to go and get him out of the pub. You know, that was what I remember. Yeah. And times that I would spend time on my own with him and his friends, but they'd all be slagging my mum off. And then I'd be sitting there and I'd be told not to say anything. And all of that was just very odd yeah. for me. Um, so, yeah, that it was a vi very violent household. I mean, the violence sp like spiralled over towards me, so my mum's aggravation become towards me. So yeah. there was a time that... Um, I don't know what I did wrong. I was always doing something wrong. Mainly that I was messy. 
But I yeah. think that was my reaction. In my, I was only allowed in my bedroom. Yeah. So my bedroom was a pigsty because that was my room. Yeah. And the whole rest of the house. I mean, I wasn't allowed to sit on the sofa because I'd make it smell. So the whole rest of the house was so pristine that I think that was just my kind of way of yeah. making it my own. But then yeah. she would come in and literally turn into a banshee. And I just remember being quite young, about seven or eight, and she said, I found this Christmas present, but you're not fucking having it. And she stomped on it in front of me. And I still remember that feeling of like, but was my present. So, you know, at the time, you can't, you just think it's all your fault. So everything, the fighting, my dad dying, my mum's aggression towards me, my mum's lack of emotion or kindness towards me, hit the way that them, them at that man, I won't say his name, was towards me, which is other stuff to go into because that's what came out later. It, you just assume it's all your fault. Yeah. And then my whole kind of existence was, I just want my mum to be happy. Yeah. So if I was nicer, if I was better, if I was different, if I was what she wanted, it wouldn't be like that. Yeah. So that 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 created this that that was what was going on at that time. So that, they they were the worst years, and then they finally broke up because he'd actually had a double life. So then the the Thatcher days, everyone lost their houses. Yeah. My mum lost the house. Yeah. So that was quite traumatizing because, but at the same time it wasn't because my nan and granddad lived around the corner and they were my. That was my home. Yeah. So I was able to just go to my home. And I was yeah. quite happy about that. But it was still very odd because every piece of furniture just had to go with the house because we had to leave it. So we literally walked away with nothing. But then as soon as I moved into my own granddad's feeling safe, he was gone, I had to go into, I was put into hiding because he threatened to kidnap me. And then I was allowed to go out. Fuck it. So how long was she with him then? I think she was with him pre the six year old mark but I just yeah. didn't meet him so what she was obviously doing while my dad was alive was not introducing me to because they weren't together your mum and dad were no, they they divorced when I was one okay before I was one they, they got married when, I, when my mum was pregnant with me and bear in mind they were both 19 20 year old young people yeah and my dad was a I mean obviously I don't I didn't know him yeah from what I've been told about him he wasn't an easy man yeah. A wonderful man. And that's exactly why I am like I am. <laughs> I won't go too much into it, but he was a football Um And he got himself into a lot of trouble, and this is why it ended his life so early. But I think my mum was totally in love with him. Yeah. So even though it didn't work, you know, she was still just distraught that it hadn't worked. And yeah. He, he was a womaniser. And he had other women, and then he had another woman steadily. So I think she was probably dating this man, but I never met him. Yeah. And as soon as my dad died, he yeah. then stepped on the scene. Yeah. And I think what I've always felt from that point is that if my dad was here, none of this stuff would have happened to me. Yeah. So that carried a lot of um, heartache of wanting to be kind of um, rescued. Yes. In a sense. Yeah. Because yeah. I just felt that I knew that nobody going on to all the other people in my life would have been would have got away with it because he wouldn't have allowed it. And I think yeah. that's why Liam said his name got onto the scene as soon as he passed away. So yeah, I do think she was dating him, but yeah. I think it was all quite nice and safe and So then why did they split up? Do you know? What, my mum and dad? Or the Liam. Liam. Um well what was happening? It just yeah, got it was just control. too much. It yeah. was out of control. Like um, it was just out of control. The police, every week, I, I recall it as once a week, 
it might not have been that often. Yeah. But once a week, I would watch a fight. Bearing in mind, I was not there every weekend. I was sent to my and my dad's mum's in yeah. Raynham. Yeah. So every weekend, I didn't hang out with friends. I didn't go to birthday parties. I didn't do any of that stuff because I used to go up to Raynham. And I yeah. quite enjoyed that at that time. Plus, it got me away from that scene. Yeah. But then after a little while, you don't want to do that. You, yeah. you, know, you get invited to parties. Yeah. But I didn't want to be at home. Yeah. Um, and she stuck up for me once because I remember coming home from my nan's and I knew I'd missed a party and we had a larder. And I went into the larder to look at the invite because I was just like, I'm sad I didn't get to go to the party. And Liam pushed me and told me I wasn't allowed to or something. And she stood up for me and I just remember just thinking, oh, they're going to stop fighting. So it's just, I didn't want to be there and I did want to be there. It was just all strange. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I just remember a night, in the beginning, I was allowed to come downstairs on a Friday night and we used to go to Blockbuster and I was allowed to pick one film and they picked the other films. And I, I remember watching Alien and I was allowed to watch it. Uh, how old were you? Young. Fucking and hell. And then I was lying on the floor, really like reveling in the fact that I was allowed to be in the living room and like watching this grown up film. And then I just remember looking, looking around and he's like, she told his head to me, she went, yeah, she, she, yeah, yeah, she's up to bed in a minute. And I just thought, and then another time that we went to South End and we was all sitting there and all a bit miserable, my mum was miserable and he was miserable. And then I remember her saying, yeah, but she's here, there's not much I can do about it. So I knew that I was always in the way for him. So I think that's where it all come from, to stay in your room. You're not allowed So you, you just, you had to be, if you were in that house, you had to be in your bedroom. I was not allowed out of my room. I wasn't allowed to go and get food. I wasn't allowed to go to help myself in the fridge. She used, <laughs> she always used to have bars of, of, Cad of Cadbury's, whole night it was and I used to always go can I have a bit and she'd go no it's fucking mine and I can't wait because I'm growing up and I can have my own and I do I'm obsessed with whole night now <laughs> it was just a very agitated existence and at being such a young age now in hindsight I can look back and see it's basically what my mum was going through yeah but when you're that age you just think everyone hates me yeah and it was just an odd I got I, I, I developed a stutter when my dad passed away, and that was probably getting worse because of what was going on at home. Yeah. <clears throat> and then incredible shyness. So at the same time, even though I'm quite chatting to everybody, everything now, I wouldn't say a word to a soul. Yeah. So no one would know what was going yeah. on. Yeah. So at that age, <clears throat> I developed smile, just smile, and everyone thinks you're okay. Yeah. So those years were very much a survival. I was in fight or flight. Yeah. And I was in survival mode. But being so young, you don't realise it. So the repercussions of that... Yeah. ...were, you know, tremendous. <laughs> to say the least. Yes. Uh, so what <laughs> happened... So after they split up then, so you lost your home. You lost your home. I went to my nanny granddad's and I... Back in my bedroom, back with my... Yeah. My, my, my only sense of self was with my nanny granddad. And the way that I know that now is because the one thing I'm very proud of with my children is that they have a place in this world. Yeah. So they will speak up to me. Yeah. Sometimes it's rude, but they will speak up because they say it from their chest because they have a place. Yeah. I didn't have that place. Yeah. So, just say for instance, I, I've got smooth feet. <laughs> right? It's the one place... <laughs> The one place of my of me that I know can smell. Some people get their armpits, whatever. Yeah. It's normal. I can say that now. When I was growing up, I only had one pair of shoes 
which is bad for you anyway. And they used to smell. But my mum used to make points of like, your feet fucking stink, get the fuck out of here. So it was like my, my everything being around her was revolting. Yeah. So therefore you do just kind of take yourself away and you yeah. burn yourself and think it's all about you, you know? So I don't know if I've gone off on that, so I can't well, tangents. You no, know, but feet do smell. And if you've only got one pair oh, of shoes... Well, that's what I'm saying. So with my boys, if I was to go, Josh, your feet stink, you'll go, find some more trainers then. Yeah. Or, can you wash them for me? Yeah. Or, it won't be a hurt. Yeah. Full thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, being a parent, where I was able to kind of maybe, only now that they're getting older, and I've parented, I'm able to start parenting myself, that... It's okay to say I've got sweaty feet. Yeah. They don't smell anymore because I know I had to look after myself <laughs> and I wear different trainers and different shoes. And if I wear, if I wore the same trainers every day, it would be the same. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. It's just how, but I wasn't given those tools. Yeah. But um, that's where I'm going, is that I didn't have a place in the world. So that's why no, nothing was ever said Yeah. At, at all. And nobody ever knew. But even though... Once, did you know and Granddad sorry, know? They did. What I was going with the original story, once a week they would have a fight. And then she would then, I'd hear, Nicole! And that's the point where she's had enough and I had to run over. And then the police, and then I'd protect her, like in front of her, get off her, and then it would kind of wind down. And then the police would be called and we'd go to the police station and we'd sit at the police station most of the night and the police would say, where, what do you, like obviously do you want to go home? No, I don't feel safe at home. So we'd go home. The whole house would be completely pristine. Now, they used to throw everything they could get their hands on at each other, eggs, crockery, everything. He'd always clean it up like nothing had happened. We'd go in and get our stuff, go to my nan and granddad's, and I'd have to go to school the next day, and no one ever knew. And that was, that was a repeat cycle for oh years. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, so when they finally broke up, it was just a, it was a relief yeah. for me. Um, and then with the fallout later on in life, um, and learning about things like complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. There's other sides to that story, which I can't even really explain because I can go into it later. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was a relief. So, you. So what happened when when you lost the house? So you moved in with your nan and granddad, and, and what so did, did your mum and your mum did as well? Then she went on to literally get engaged within six weeks, and I didn't meet the man until her engagement party. Are you being serious? I'm being serious. And um, we went to an engagement party, I think I was about 13, and I got drunk on vodka. And that's the first time I met him, and he was a really odd, like, little man with, you know, like that spiky, shaved military hair, that's all I remember. And then they didn't last, they broke up just after the engagement party, but he then, I was sitting at my nan and granddad's house, and it was my birthday, and I remember what I was wearing, I think it's where it all comes from. And I was young, like, I was 13, young. Yeah. Even younger than that. And a birthday card got posted for me from him. I can't remember his name. And it's doused in aftershave. And I didn't know what was going on. So I showed my granddad. He turned up at the house within that time. And my mum kicked off with him at my nan and granddad's. And that was when my granddad said, enough. Look at what you're doing to Nicole. Yeah. Get out. So she did. And I lived with my granddad peacefully for about six weeks. Okay. And then, and then she came and got me. But if I could have done, I, I would have just stayed. I mean, at every, every stage, I was trying to stay there. 
Why don't you think she left you there? Because she obviously she, didn't really want you with her. With my mother, it's control. Okay. She's a textbook narcissist. And the trouble with narcissism, especially textbook, is that they don't realise they have it. So with narcissism, everybody's got a narcissist streak. Yeah. But when you've actually got a true narcissistic personality, you're unable to see anything apart from your own view. And therefore, narcissists can't heal. But also, what happens with that is narcissists generally raise empathetic, empathetic children. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I'm the opposite, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. I don't know, so I start talking and I forget where I'm going with it. But she is not, so she's not able to see. And yeah. For her, her love is control. Regardless of all what I'm saying, I'm loved by her. Yeah. And I've always known that I was loved. I just didn't know, I just knew she didn't like yeah. Um, and I used to say that to people. I know, I know she loves me. But I don't. She doesn't like me. And it was just weird. But I just thought that's my fault, you know, me me not being likable. But with not wanting me to stay with my nan and granddad, is she knew she'd lose me. Yeah. Because we haven't got a relationship. Yeah. And we've never had a relationship. We've tried, but at fourteen, thirteen, twelve, I just would have flown. Yeah. With my nan and granddad. Like, ironically, at that age, it's obviously when you're a little bit younger, you're off to secondary school, and my granddad really wanted me to go to the convent. Yeah. And I didn't want to go. I wanted to go to Willie Eggs, because I, I was turning a little bit, and I wanted to go to the cool school. And my mum, I remember those all standing there arguing, and my granddad was like, she needs to go. And my mum said, just let her do what she wants to do. I was like, see? And you went to the convent. I did go to the convent. I should have gone to the convent the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah. It's quite strange how, at every stage, I would have been better being there. Yeah. But um, even at 16, when she moved to Southend and made me move with her, even though I was training in London, oh. and I could have got, and I didn't have my own bedroom, and I had to sleep on a futon bed, she wouldn't let me stay there. And she, and she even said to me at that point, I said, why can't I just live with Nana Grano? She said, because I'll lose you. But she, she lost you, she'd lost you anyway. Yeah. So what? So what happened then after after she come and got you? Did you? Um, where did we move to? Apparently, so she. I think I went and stayed with her. She found somewhere to live, and it wasn't very nice. Then I used to like see her once a week at the end of the road. Then I can't. I can't quite remember. I think she was able to then come and move back in with us. That okay. Was it was yes. Yeah. And I remember I used to come home from school and be like, "Is your mum not here?" So my mum and. Me and my mum turned into sisters because we were living with my nan and granddad, yeah. her mum and dad. And she was out at clubs every night, going out every night. And um, I remember coming and going, is my mum not here again? And my granddad said, she's having a good time, Nicole, I'll just leave her be. And I said, all right, whatever. Then the next t- time something major happened, I was upstairs in bed and <laughs> my granddad always let me have a bedtime snack. So I just come down and I was getting my bedtime snack and my mum, my, my granddad's house was a circle. So... I was in the kitchen and my mum come running out of the circle one way. What are you doing up? And I was like, I'm getting a sandwich. She said, go to bed now. And I could hear a man's voice in the living room. So I went up to bed. And then the next time, I was introduced to my stepdad, ex-stepdad. And I was 13 then. And he was 26. And I was told, this is your new stepdad. And we're moving to London to live with him. And that was my first time I met him. And I got shipped off to this house in the middle of nowhere, where I had no friends, living with a man who was only, what, I was 13, he was 26. Yeah. 
bit odd. And them two being very much in love, which is a bit odd. Yeah. Still the same setup. How did you get to school? I used to have to get up at 7 in the morning or 6.30 in the morning because he was a tradesman, so they leave early. And okay. he'd, be, he'd set off at work. It could even be 6 in the morning, I can't remember, but I'd get to my nan and granddad's, sit on his my granddad's chair, fall asleep in my school uniform, go to school, come home from school, sit on my granddad's chair, fall asleep, and get picked up about 7 o'clock and taken home. Right. That was my life for the whole secondary school, which was fun. Yeah. And the same setup was there. It wasn't... <clears throat> as aggravated but I'd already got into um, like I mean with my mum I'd already got into that routine I wasn't and plus it wasn't our house yeah so yeah. the rooms were massive there so they put a sofa in my own telephone in it's literally so I didn't have to come out of the room right um, so yeah that was it was odd times but they they seemed happy enough actually yeah. a few times she was repeating her cycle with like massive arguments and then it would be like Hey, your stuff. We're fucking leaving. And I'd be getting, going around, getting all my stuff, going, what are we doing now? It was a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, and then they left that house when I was 16 and moved to Southend. And that was when I said, please let me let yeah. in my home that I know and I wasn't allowed. So. And they'd had a child by then. So then they had my little sister, who is, I don't know how old she is now. Unfortunately, we don't have a relationship. Um, and that's from the damp, from the outpour. Yeah. Um, so they had Ashley, and I was 16 when Ashley turned up, and I, I, she was like my daughter. Yeah. You know, I, it was, I was told that I had to help. Yeah. So every Friday on my one day off, I had to get up at the back of dawn, look after Ashley, pick Ashley up from school. I used to take Ashley everywhere with me. Everyone thought she was my daughter. You know, thinking back, I'd never give. Say that like like Lola getting to sixteen. Yeah. Here you go. Take this yeah. child on trains, buses. I took, yeah. like, took her to Raina once to see my family. Like she was she was mine. Yeah. Um, I used to get on my nerves as well. <laughs> I was only young. Um, and then my mum went on to have Luke, which then it becomes two of them. And I've yeah. been, I lived on my own at that point, so they used to come and stay with me a lot. But you know they they were she was establishing a new life. Yeah. Which was. Probably the easiest time. Why did they move her. to South End? I don't think. Well, the, where they lived in London, it was called Alcatraz. You know. Yeah, I used but to hang around there. Ironically, they they couldn't sell the house because it was on such a rough estate. Yeah. But when I went moved to South End, and it got a year in, and I said I can't do this anymore because it was a one bedroom bungalow. Yeah. So they slept in the living room, and Ashley had, you know, by rights the bedroom, and she was a princess. She had, it was all done for her. But I was also living in that room with a futon bed squished in the corner and yeah. all my stuff shoved down it and that was how I had to live. It's, but you say by rights, that it, it wasn't right that, how old was she? Under one. Yeah, one. that she had the bedroom and you had a futon and didn't have, you didn't have any wardrobe space in there, did you? I thought that stuff behind that was my, That's when we met yeah. and I remember coming there. I think I came, you were in London when I first met you but then they moved quite soon after that and I just couldn't believe that your little sister who's like a baby had the bedroom and you just I was like that's so it's like they will just they don't want you there no how can they that's do that that's how it felt and if I left anything out I'd come home and it was just shoved down the back you know get her fucking stuff yeah or Ashley would be playing with my you know, I was starting to buy clothes for myself which clothes became my 
home. Yeah. So people might go, like people comment on, oh, you've always so stylish and you've got so many clothes. I don't spend money on myself, but they become my home. Yeah. So they become, become my things, my only things that I could love and have. So when you were living with everything shoved behind the bed, or like on a Sunday, you just want to sleep, and you're like, get the fuck up, disgusting, I can hear you out here, or go into the bathroom to do your stalls in the morning and then being told how much you're disgusting because you stunk the house out like i just used to constantly think why did, you, why did why, she make you move there why am i here like, i know that you hate me <laughs> why am i here um so that's why the, the house that they could not sell because it was such a rough estate and it was left empty because they couldn't even rent it out i approached her and said i never thought what if i move in there and she went you're right then <laughs> so she sent a 17 year old daughter to live in the most notorious estate which has now been t- torn down has it been torn down mm-hmm. it was a haven because it's called it's called alcatraz because yeah you know the idea is that cars can't enter where the houses are so what that that's great but what that actually means is, is if you need to get away from the police yeah you you drive in there and you run in yeah so it was a very notorious hotspot for crime yep and she just she did just let me move and that just goes to show that I think half of it was that she thought I was going to be... I, I was a burden to her. So I think she thought I was a burden to my nan and granddad, but I never was. Yeah. And because they were elderly and my nan's never been well, I think she thought she was doing the right thing. But the thing is, I was never a burden. Yeah. I used to flourish with them. Yeah. And the times that I was a pain was very just normal teenage problems. Yeah. And, you know, on his deathbed, we were laughing about them. Yeah. So um, I don't know whether it's ever come from a place of hate... But she carries hate. Yeah. And then it, she can't help but portray that in everything. So that's... It's a very unusual upbringing. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, in London, and you were working... So, yeah, th- those years weren't so bad. I was free. Yeah. I, was, I had a boyfriend who... We were quite in love. It wasn't very toxic. It wasn't particularly toxic. It was just young. Yeah. And, I mean, the way that we got together, I met him in work, and I was very forward at this, not forward in who I was, I was forward in asking for what I needed. So, yeah. what, I, what I did through school, just to jump back, because I didn't want to be in London, I used to just go to school on a Friday and ask people to stay at their house. Yeah. Um, or I'd be at my nan and granddad's house. But when my nan and granddad's house, I couldn't get away with what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do that to them. Yeah. So I'd ask to stay at other people's houses. So I was quite forward in saying what I needed because yeah. I just couldn't be at home. So I went into work and said, I've had a row with my mum, can I stay at your house? <laughs> and he went, all right. And I don't think I left for five years. <laughs> because they welcomed me in and it was a part of London I've ever been to. He took me to my first restaurant. Um, you know, like I, I don't have a single memory of being with my mum in a restaurant growing up or going out with her anywhere. I do remember my 16th birthday, we went to the pub, and she was acting like a... My granddaddy said, you're acting like a, a teenage spot, teenage brat, because she didn't want to be there. So that was all the news. And then when I was living in Langdon, when I moved to Langdon, because I was back and forth, back and forth, you know? Yeah. Um, and I actually moved into Langdon, because me, me and him, was that say his name again? We kept breaking up, so I, yeah. I needed something on my own. And yeah. Then, he come to live with me there for a while but you know like it actually looking back was quite a nice time a friend yeah. of mine come to live there i was i was very sensible then yeah um i used to go out and stuff but i was the one looking after everybody else yeah and i used to pay my bills all on time and i mean the house was a fucking big summer yes it really was 
and I just went around with a red paint and painted everything. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember painting it. So, I just remember bacon bagels. I just think we just used bacon, to bacon did. bagels. We always had bacon bagels. But you actually, it was you actually, Amy, I moved in and my mum gave me a mop, a bucket, like to wash up in. It was essentials, but it was like that much. I can't, it's on, it was like a little bit. Yeah. Like, like Joshua, when he went to university, I spent about 500 quid in Ikea. Yeah. Getting him out. <laughs> so the, the difference, because you know, I was going to a three-bedroom house. Um, and I remember saying to Amy... I don't know where to go shopping. And she went, go. It used to be called Sainsbury's Saver Centre. Saver Centre, yeah. Go there, and you told me what essentials to buy. And you told me to buy pasta with those little pasta sauces. And because I wasn't allowed in the kitchen, I had no idea. I think I called you and asked you how to boil an egg. And because we didn't have Google then, so that's why I call you my Google. (laughs) And then you said, go to Sainsbury's Saver Centre. And I did. I bought two bags of shopping. And I come and I bake the pasta. Make the pasta and I put the sauce in. I was like, oh, make my first meal. <laughs> um, I had no idea. The reason it was such a pig size, I had no idea how to look after myself. Yeah. And I'm not blaming mum, mummy dearest, for that at <laughs> all. Because I watched her clean like a banshee woman morning, noon and night. What I mean is when you're not involved in it, it's not a necessity. Yeah. It's not something you do. It's not something you, you get into a habit of cooking, washing up, putting it away. It, so it just started to mount up, yeah. and it, it became a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I had mice at one Yes, point. yeah, you definitely had something living yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> but that aside, it, we had nice times. I remember cooking a roast dinner there for all of you. Yes, I remember that. And you tasted my roast potato, and you go, oh, and I was like, ooh, a bit of garlic powder. Makes everything taste nice. <laughs> and we had a lot of like drunken nights there, didn't we? Yes. And I played independent woman about 50 times yeah. until Lindsay fell asleep. Yeah. I think that was New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah. And we played Dickhead. Yeah. So yeah, that was fine. I, I was there for oh, until I met the boy's dad. Yep. I won't say his name. <laughs> so yeah, so how old were you when you met? 23. 23. 22 actually. Yeah. 22, 23. And you got pregnant two weeks after um, you met him? Found out I was pregnant two weeks after I met him. I think we got pregnant the first time we were together. Oh, I thought it was a month. You'd been together a month when you found out you were pregnant. You, you, okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so you he shipped you off to Ilford, didn't Sunny he? Sunny <laughs> Ilford. But at the time, he... So he's older than me. He was basically my mother. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously in a male format, completely different. But along the way, it was very relevant that he's just my mother. But when I met him, he was secure. He wanted to be with me. Yeah. He wanted to have a family. He was the one who wanted it um, a lot more than I did. Yeah. I was only young. And he told me he'd look after me. Yeah. So those are the words that I yep. just couldn't... Um, I think it was, don't you worry about anything. I'll, I'll, I'll look up. Yeah, I've lived my life. I'll look after. Because we should mention that you got the, was British, it Inter- British Newcomer New of the Year Hairdressing Award you collected when you were eight months pregnant yeah. <laughs> with Josh? Yeah. So, because you, obviously, you're a very good hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> well, hairdressing was something that I just knew I wanted to do from a very young, young age. And... Um, then 
I mean, credit to my mum. I, 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 you know, she's done a lot of good things for me as well out of all of this. But she, I was ready to go to college and do hair and beauty. I mean, thank God I didn't. I would have been at Lawrays and Doorways and Grays. <laughs> and she said, I don't think you should do that. You need to go to Tony and Guy. And so I was flying because it's the one place hairdressing that just holds no problems. Yeah. So even if I was having the worst day or my mum had just done something which just happened at work, I could go up to the client and just be me at work. Yeah. So it was, I was, I was, yeah, and I'm very good at it. So you are very good at it. Well, you fucking one newcomer of the year. How old were you? What were you, 22? 22. Yeah. So his words were, I've lived my life, you can live yours. Don't yeah. Worry. That's soon changed. Yeah. So I think it was six months, I think you were six months pregnant when you realised that he may not be the person no, that you he, thought he was. actually fine he was. until Josh was born. Okay. It was actually really good until Josh was born. And because the birth was traumatic, as they are, and long, as they are, and I was going into the like, not recovery room, after whatever, they, you know, the ward afterwards, and it was about midnight, yeah. from what I remember. Yeah, because he was born yeah, he was two born, minutes past yeah, midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would have been like early hours of the morning. Yeah. And I said, he was about to go, and I said, but I, I want something to eat. I hadn't eaten for about three days. Yeah. And he was like, what the fuck do you want? And I was like, <laughs> and then he went and got me a McDonald's and I'm like, I want to go out with my mates, I want to whip the baby's head and it just turned from that point. Yeah. Literally as soon as I gave birth. As soon as I gave birth. It changed. And he'd become very um my mother. I got I just remember get there was a few times I'd get a call from you saying that you'd been thrown out, but you didn't have Josh's milk. Could I come and get you? So I'd drive from Basildon to Ilford to get you and sort out. And I remember, was it we went out? Was it the first time you went out since you had Josh when you got drunk? We went to CC Club. And I collapsed. Yeah. Was that the morning when you went home and you put the shower on you? No, that was another. That was a bad one, that one. That morning, so, you know, it was organised. I wanted to go out and have my night out. My yeah. First night out. And uh, I just didn't even think the fact I hadn't drunk for nine months. I just went out and drank like I used to. And told you I was going to the toilet. <laughs> I think I was on the phone to Jay, you and then, and then Jamie says that I was being carried out by security, I just passed out. So you can imagine how bad I felt the next morning, and he just come out and plonked Josh and me, and went, it's tough, I've got to deal with it, and I just remember thinking, But was he like nine months by then? It wasn't... He wasn't really young, no. Yeah, no, he wasn't really I young. I waited a while. Yeah. So yeah, that just was the kind of... It was my job. Yeah. It was... He's... he's He's, he's, he's a misogynist on top of narcissism, so yeah. um, that categorising people, but that's, that was what it was living like, yeah. you know, it was, it was my job, it was looked at from his view, and nothing else, and yeah. He just used to tell you off all the time? Yeah. Like your dad? Yeah, well like my mum. But, well like your mum, yeah. It was, he's, I'm not a very, um consistently tidy person but that's who I am yeah I've established that now and that's whatever all he talks about is housework yeah I live 20 how long have I known him I don't know 20 years that's all I've done yeah about housework (laughs) I can't talk about it anymore but he he gives me the same vibes and feelings as what my mum does I'm dirty I'm disgusting it's all my fault my stuff gets chucked around so if he comes into my house yeah my stuff would all be picked up and shoved underneath the cupboard. Yeah. And it was just too much like living like when I was a kid. Yeah. 
but you can't explain that to a narcissist because they're like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. You get up and like, you're not getting the point. Like, I need to have my freedom in my home yeah. to be who I need to be. And if that is leaving two pairs of shoes by the front door, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. When you pick them up and chuck them, it just it's not just reminding me that I should be tidy. It's bringing up 10, 15 years of hurt. Yeah. <laughs> but he would never understand that. So no. things never went well between us. But... Moving on to have two more kids. Yeah. <laughs> Second one was planned. Rudy was planned. Rudy, so he's always had that, and he? he's always been the one. Exactly. <laughs> At least you do a plan, boy. Plan, yeah. For him. And so you moved around. You moved to a different couple of places, didn't you? But kind of stayed in the area. Well, I, I knew that I needed security, so we were living in his flat, and it became very apparent he didn't want to hand me any security. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm quite strong-willed, you know, this doesn't make me a weak person, <clears throat> it's the opposite, but sometimes that's what's hard to stomach. Yeah. So I knew that I had to do something, I wasn't just going to stay in that flat, because I knew it wasn't going to really work, and yeah. I knew he'd always have the upper hand on me. And, and wasn't he, his sister living yeah. there, in the other room, and yeah. she was a bit... Nuts, wasn't she? She's got her own stuff going on. She was a hoarder as well. Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it was fine in the beginning, and after like a year, and you realise that they're not going to move out, even though you need the space. Yeah. I just couldn't cope with it anymore. So, and also, what he'd very cleverly done, which I don't think women realise this, he said, "I'll pay the bills, you pay the food." Yeah. And what it means is you've got no rights. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which feels like, all right then, but actually you've got nothing that you can say that you contributed to that yeah. place. So I could see what yeah. he was doing. So I weren't going to have it. So um, we bought a house. He had the opportunity that we could buy a house. Yeah. Um, because he, he owned this other house with somebody else that they couldn't sell because it was a dump. Yeah. So I said, That's, we'll, we'll, we'll take it on. And we did. So I, I, I used to make everything happen. I was very driven. Yeah. We wouldn't have done any of this stuff if it wasn't for me. It was me. nice that little house. I made it nice, but it was a very it was a it was like a nineteen eighties new build. So they're not. Can you imagine going? Can I have that picture up there? No, it'll just fall off. It's not a real wall. Yeah. It was literally <laughs> like that everywhere in that house, and I just thought it's not a real house. Like. Yeah. Um, and by the time Rudy come along, and then Cassius, I got pregnant with Cassius. I was like, I'm not living there anymore. So then I I pushed, and I found our house now. And we only got our house because I wrote the lady a letter. Did you? I wrote and I posted it and she said, I've been offered seven grand more for this house, but I want you to have it. So, you know, I made everything What did you say in your letter? I just said, I know I can't match your other offer, but we really love the house and I really want to raise my family here and I'd look after it and da 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 And so yeah. she said, like, I want you to have it. Aww. So, um, we stayed in the area. Yeah. But just made sure, I, I made sure no matter what happened, yeah. they would be secure yeah. and have enough space. Yeah. And that's, that is basically the outcome of our story for that. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, so uh, I hope you're all right. I hope that wasn't too upsetting. Um, and the second half of it will come out next week. So you can hear, but it does have, the story does have a happy ending. So don't worry. Um... But yeah, like I said, if there's anything that you want to get in touch with me about, then please do. I'm on all the socials, mum and mama pod, mum and mama pod at gmail.com. Um, oh, and also the most exciting thing, which I completely didn't talk about at the beginning. If you Google 
the Epic Mum Chat on YouTube, you'll find a little video. I've started a new venture with the amazing Nitty Nitty. <laughs> Nikki Rettigan, who's the Epic Life Coach, who is coaching me now after I had her on the podcast, because I love her, and um, we decided to do some video chats about advice, giving advice for basically parents, single parents who've kind of having to still deal with their ex-partner and parenting separately. Um, so the first video that's up now is basically just an introduction to what we're doing and why. So if you just go on YouTube, we have a, our YouTube channel isn't named because we don't have enough people <laughs> that have subscribed to us. So you just have to Google the Epic Mum Chat and it will come up. We haven't got like the URL yet, but we will get it when we've got 10 million subscribers. But um, yeah, so check that out. I'll post links anyway to everything so you can find it. And also we want um, suggestions for topics that you'd like us to discuss on there as well. So if you've got any questions that you would like answered on how to deal with situations arising out of being a single parent, then please get in touch. Um, that's the Epic Mum Chat on Instagram, but you can message me on here or message Nikki, who's the Epic Life Coach. So yes, but I hope you're good. Have a lovely Sunday and I'll see you next week. Lots of love. Bye. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 